thinking, 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 thinking. What are you thinking about? <laughs> and it's just about the blood of Jesus and the power in the blood of Jesus. And for us who are being saved, the Bible says, for us who are being saved, it is the power of the blood. It's the power of the blood. And it's through the blood of Jesus that we're saved. But I, I've realized that it's so much more than just, you know, I think some of us, we grow up with this, like maybe this understanding, it's like a magic potion. You know, the blood is this, uh, like it's all mystical and supernatural and there's something that happens. And, and I mean, even, to be honest, even in the Catholic Church, I'll put it out there, they believe that there's a, there's a, a supernatural thing that happens when you take of communion and that the cup, the wine, actually becomes the blood of Jesus. It's, um, there's a long word name, name for it. Um, it's trance in something or other. I can't think of it off the top of my head now. But it's, there's always, you know, there's like a mysticism attached to the blood of Jesus. And I'm like, that's, that's like not the truth of it. It's not, there's no magic. It's not a magic potion. And, but there is something special and beautiful in what Jesus did for us on the cross in him shedding his blood. And, and G, you know, like I've, I've really been thinking this through, like, like that, that God would take blood and, and use it as a symbol of his plan and purpose of redemption for us as a people. I mean, that life is in, I mean, we see throughout scripture that life is in the blood. You know, it's, uh, I mean, you, you, if we don't have blood, if we cut and we drain ourselves of blood, we will no longer live. We will cease to live. And so there's life in the blood. There, there, there's, there's, it's full of it's nutrients. There's, it's it's uh, cells put together in, in such a way that cause us to exist and to, to be able to do whatever we need to do. And, and so, we, so there's life in the blood, and yet we see as well through Scripture that in the absence of blood, there's death. And yet God implements something in the Bible of, of, a, of a plan. And, and I tell you, I, I, like, still when I think about it, it gets confusing. And I don't want to get too confused about it kind of thing. But the fact that he would um, use blood as a means of us coming back into relationship with him. And so if we look through the Bible and, and he, the book of Romans, um, hang on, let me just get my notes, sorry, before I misquote scripture. Sorry, the big book of Hebrews, not Romans. In, in the book of Hebrews, there, there's a, especially chapters 9 and 10 run about there, there there's a good um, bridge that's built for us to understand. Um, sorry, Byron, I'm very echoey. Can you turn off the monitors? Sorry. <laughs> and there's a very good bridge that is built for us to understand the link between the old and the new, the old covenant and, and the sacrificial system that was happening in the Old Testament and to the final sacrifice that Jesus made for us through the, on, on the cross. And so if you read it, and it's, it's very interesting and it's, it's um, yeah, there, there's a lot in there, a lot of, lot of theology in there. And, and I've, you know, the more you read it, the more you understand it. So I'd encourage you to be disciplined to read it again and again and again and again and again and again. Because every time you read it, something new 
pops up and it's like, I never saw that before and I never saw that before. But, but Jesus in his wisdom, or God in his wisdom, and he implemented the sacrificial system in, and in terms of helping man try and come back to God. But it wasn't the ultimate, actually. The ultimate was Jesus. And so it was a shadow of things to come. It was a system that was put in place to, to really just make us remember our sin and remember what, what, we're, what we've been saved from and, and where we're coming. And so it's, it's, it's really quite amazing, the concept and, and the, the, the symbolism that God implemented through sacrificial systems and, and, um, and blood sacrifice and the, and the shedding of innocent blood. I mean, we know... You know, we, 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 if we, we always think like innocent blood being shed is, is, is like, that's, that's almost, that's hectic. Like that someone would die for no reason. I mean, it's, it's one thing to think that someone would, would receive a just uh, punishment in, in, being, in, in their blood being shed by, by death. And, and actually, the Bible says that all of us deserve death. We, we, every one of us deserve, deserve it. Um, and that the wages of sin is death. And, and that we, we all deserve it. But Jesus, in, in his sovereignty, in his, I don't know, like his incredibleness, <laughs> if there is such a word, just he had a plan. And, and so by him dying on the cross for us, it's so much more than just washing us, washing our sins away. I know if you, if you ask a child, what do you understand? Uh, about the blood of Jesus. They say, well, it washes away my sins. You know, the blood of Jesus is there to wash away my sins. And yes, that's so very true. But there's so much more. There's so much more if we understand what the blood of Jesus did for us and, and, and what it represented and, and the benefits of the blood of Jesus. And, and I believe where we have an understanding of that and a deeper revelation of that, I, I think it makes us love Jesus more. And, and really, that, that is the, the intent and the purpose, is that we would love Jesus more day by day. We would, every day, we would fall more in love with him. Am I correct? I mean, I, I want to love Jesus more to, tomorrow than I did yesterday. I want to love, be able to love you guys more today than I did yesterday. And I want to love you more tomorrow than I do today. And so I, I believe that I can only love you more by understanding and having a deeper revelation of Jesus and his love for me. And, also, and, and I can only understand him more when he reveals things to me. So that's why we have scripture. And that's why it's important for us to be disciplined in reading scripture. is because as, as he reveals his nature, his character, who he is to us through the word, I suddenly look at him differently. And I'm going, wow. Wow, Jesus. So, like, I, I mean, I don't presume to be a great teacher of the law, a teacher of the Bible, but, you know, there's one thing that I, I do, if I can presume, is that I love Jesus, and I love his word. I, I love who he is, and I love what he's done for me. And as I started looking at things about the blood and, and just sort of, like unpacking a few things, I was like, man, Jesus, you did so much more. So I'm just going to very briefly, very, very briefly, because I don't want to, I mean, really, God has done an amazing work, and I believe that he's touching our lives, touching our hearts here this morning. But I would love to just drop a few nuggets 
that when you go home, you can just even dwell in it. Maybe even go and study for yourself. Because really, we need to be studying for ourselves as well. We, we shouldn't just take everything for what Chad or Benny or, you know, says. But it's interesting that, that Jesus, first it needs to be said that Jesus willingly offered his blood. He willingly offered himself. Eh? Um, and under the terms of, of the new covenant, he, he willingly, where you can imagine back in the Old Testament, those sheep didn't have a choice. And, and, you know, the priest had to go in day by day to make offerings. I mean, there, were, there, there was offerings made on a daily basis, and there were offerings made on a yearly basis. And so they would, he, they would go in, and you can imagine those animals didn't have a choice, and yet those animals, and really their, their blood being spilled and their, them being sacrificed was really just a shadow. It wasn't ultimately the thing that would wipe our sins clean. It was to remind us of our sins. The Bible says it was there to remind us of our sins, or to remind the Israelites of their sins, and actually of the plan into the future. And if we look in Genesis already, God had a plan. When Adam and Eve sinned, he had a plan. He went and he killed an animal and made cloth to cover them of their nakedness. And that, in that, with them being covered, they were reminded that they were no longer walking naked before God. And so there was this constant reminder in the old covenant, under the old covenant, of our sin. And that's what the law came to do. The law came in to, to, to remind them. And, and unfortunately, I think, is that they got so focused on that that they lost the point. And so Jesus comes to go, you know, he says, under the new covenant that I bring to you, I, I come to fulfill everything. And I'm, I've come to, to, to be the final sacrifice, and it's in that, and it's through the blood of Jesus, the final sacrifice, that all sacrifices are no longer are done away with. And it's no, no more do we have to bring a lamb or sacrifice a lamb or a, I mean, or a goat or whatever it was. I mean, uh, it's, it's so interesting what they were getting up to back in the Old Testament. But man, the fact that Jesus came to, to be the final sacrificial lamb, it's beautiful. And I'm, and, but I think when I understand what his blood did by him shedding his blood, and there's a number of benefits that there are from the blood, but I just want to drop with you three or four and, and just drop them there. And, and, and the first one would, would be this, of, and we see it in Romans chapter 3, verse 25, and we can put that scripture up, and it says, that whom God put forward as a propitiation, it's a big word, <laughs> by his blood, to be received by faith. That was to show God's righteousness. Because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. Propitiation. How many of you have ever heard that word before? It's like, it's, and, and because God is just, and this is the thing that we need to understand, God is just. He's just. And he has chosen to love us. And it's in his Yet in his justice, he cannot just sweep away our sins just under the rug. It can't just be under the rug. And you know that propitiation speaks about in a way that his justice is satisfied and mercy still triumphs. Isn't it amazing that God himself, he actually, you know, the propitiation means is that he actually, his wrath is turned away from us. God's wrath is turned away from us because God took on human flesh himself. 
in place of sinful man so that he would take on God's wrath. He would receive the wrath. Jesus received God's wrath so that we could be free, that we might live. So he stands there. Um, if you look at the definition it's of propitiation, it's the, assur- ass- oh, I can't pronounce it always. the assurging of God's wrath and gaining of his favor. So God's wrath I mean, is against us. It's there, but the blood of Jesus abates his wrath. It's the blood of Jesus that no, his, his wrath is no longer. And because he's, and it's, it's God himself became flesh, Jesus. I'm like, wow, that you, God, you would no longer be angry in a sense with us because wrath talks of anger and it's like hectic. But, so it's not only washing away our sin, but it's actually deflecting God's wrath on us. We justified. What does justified mean? It says it means to be declared in right standing with the law. To be declared in right standing with the law. That's what it means to be justified. And so, um, and we see that also in Romans. It says we have now been justified by his blood. Made, it's, it's courtroom language. It's legalese, you know. But so, so we, we, when, we, when, a, when, a, when a person comes in a court of law, and they stand before the judge, the jury, uh, and the jury, they make a declaration, he's either righteous or he's either condemned, either guilty or innocent. And the word says we are all guilty, but we've been declared innocent because of the blood of Jesus. He suddenly wipes, the, like the record of wrong is removed. Isn't that amazing? The record, there's, there's no, no longer a record because of the blood of Jesus, because of that act on the cross. It's like, wow, that God, you would do that. You would remember my sin no more. And, and, and we, we, we came this morning and guys confessing pride and, and, and things and sin and taking offense and that. And you know that it's through the blood of Jesus that we have been, that, that it's, the, the, it's white, no longer forgotten about. We've been justified. We've been declared to be in right standing with him. So his wrath has been turned away from us. And now we've been declared to be in right standing with him. How beautiful. Redemption. And we we had a lot of things about freedom this morning. He's redeemed us. He's redeemed us. The blood of Christ has redeemed us. Ephesians says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness. What does redemption mean? Redemption means to buy back or secure the freedom of someone in bondage. Think about it. To buy back or secure the freedom of someone who's been in bondage. If you've been in bondage, and and many of us are in bondage for many different reasons, pride is something that keeps us bound. Pride, anger, hatred, jealousy. Those are the things that keep us bound, and it says his blood has redeemed us. He's brought us back. 
He's forgiven us. He's forgiven our trespasses. And some of us find it hard to believe that we would be forgiven for all the things we've done. We get stuck there. Like, How can anyone forgive me? I'm such a terrible person. I've done so many terrible things. I've committed so many terrible atrocities. But he forgives us. He forgives us. He's canceled the record of our debt. He's redeemed us. For me, the most, the most beautiful thing, in the, and, and, and I want to just close off on this, is that the, he's restored us into relationship. The blood of Jesus has restored us into relationship with him. See, our sin separates us from God. The Bible says that it separates us from him. And, and he cannot stand for our sin. It breaks relationship. Pride breaks relationship. Anger, jealousy, it breaks relationship. And the heart of the Father is to bring us near to him. It's to restore humanity with divinity to restore us into that relationship and and sin sin disrupted that i mean you can imagine adam and eve you can imagine that that beautiful story you can imagine what it must have been like in in the garden of eden there this this incredible place where man and woman were just in perfect harmony with God, just walking with God in relationship. I can often just wish I could have been there. I mean, I, I love nature, and, and, I, and I, think of, I think of how wrecked our nature is, to be honest. I mean, we look at this mountain and think it's so beautiful. But you know what's very disconcerting for me is that 90% of this mountain is not natural. <laughs> the, the vegetation, sorry, let me rephrase that. The vegetation and even the topography of the mountain is not natural. It never used to be like that. It's been twisted and con converted by man. Quarries have been dug. A railway was dug. Valleys have been lifted up. Gorges have been dug and made. And so when you look at the mountain in front of us here, and you look at even the forests amongst us, 90% of what you see was never there before. It's crazy. And I think of Genesis, which was absolutely perfect. And I'll, I sometimes wish, God, I'd love to be... be there in those places where there was no alien vegetation, <laughs> no black wattle, no pine trees kind of thing, no, no, no Port Jackson kind of thing. Perfect. But yet, that was what it was like. And that was the relationship that Adam and Eve had with Jesus. They were walking, communing, talking with God. And, and then that relationship got separated. And so the whole battle begins. <laughs> to restore that relationship, to restore man back to God. Christ suffered once for sins, the righteousness for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. Isn't that a beautiful? That's 1 Peter chapter 3. Christ suffered once for sins, that righteousness for the unrighteousness, that he might bring us to God. And that is... An incredible benefit of the blood of Jesus is that it's through the blood of Jesus that we can be re restored into relationship with God. And we can come into his presence. Now we often sing, 
beautiful songs and, and we say, it's, you know, we, like, it's, it's like maybe one of my little pet things. We say it's not worship. Or it's no good. Nothing brings us into the presence of God other than the blood of Jesus. It's through the work of the blood of Jesus that brings us into his presence. Not good, not good music, good worship, good preachers. Even nothing of how we behave to one another is going to bring us into the presence of God. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. So, yeah, I just, I just want to drop that with you guys and just let you ponder on, and the, 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 you know, Marnie was here and he spoke about the sufficiency of the gospel and how sufficient it is and the sufficiency of the blood of the Lamb. And it's not, you know, the simplest form washes, us, washes away our sins and makes us clean. That's, uh, in a sense, how we would maybe describe it to children. But it's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. It removes his wrath. It removes every, every, um, it, it, it removes the, the wrong, the, the negative, the, the, the sin. It, it wipes the slate clean. It wipes the slate clean. It, it brings us into right standing again with him. It justifies us. Uh, I think it's just so incredibly beautiful, the wonderful. And we sing, you know, as a kid, we always used to sing, how precious is the blood of Jesus. How precious is the flow. How precious is the flow. And I think that would just be, like even just, it's like one of those meditative moments, you know, where we sit and it's like, like, what is the response? I mean, we've responded this morning. There's been great response. Guys repenting before Jesus. And it's that suddenly that revelation strikes. And we go, oh, Jesus, I need you. And thank you, Jesus, that your blood has brought me to a place of where I can understand and I can, that, 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 I, that you have washed away my sin, that you have made me to be in right standing, that you have brought me back into relationship with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And you know, I do that every day. I don't know about you. But every day I wake up and I say, thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that it's not some supernatural magic potion that's going to, you know, that's going to do. But it's thank you, Jesus, for your blood that you shed, that you gave up your life for me. That I can live. I can have freedom. The freedom that we were speaking about earlier. It's for every single one of us because I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. I was chatting with someone on the mountain yesterday, and it's uh, one of the guy, one of the actually one of the ladies in the trail running group. I've become good friends with her and her husband over the last while, and 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 I just dropped the question. I was like, so, so like, what did you? What is your understanding of Jesus? And I've, I mean, she knows I'm a pastor. They they love the fact that I lead a church and I can run and enjoy the mountain with them and. And, and, and she tells people, to, actually, funny enough, she tells people to come to our church if they ask. <laughs> I heard of someone asking for a church, and she referred our church to him, <laughs> which is so cool. Um, and I just I got into this conversation. And, you know, the, the, the thing that I didn't, I didn't, off the cuff, it was we were packing and getting ready, so I couldn't answer her, and I wanted to give her a really good answer. But she asked me, that the one thing that she struggles with about Christianity is it's the, they, they seem to, say they're the only way to get to God. You know, all these other religions are out there. No other religions make that claim. You know, there's good people. They, they do good things. They, and and, and they, they do all these wonderful things. They, 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 they live good lives. And, they, 
And, 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 and I was chatting to Nixon, we were, we were mulling over the question again this morning in bed, we were just chatting and I was sharing the incident, and, and Nick said something to me, and she says, so, so what, is, what is her yardstick for, for being good? What is she measuring being a good person against? In her mind, she's measuring against, well, you know, I, 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 I try not to swear, I, I try to, to live a good open, honest, I'm like, and so, you know, and I realize this, there's one thing about Christianity, and that differs us from all the other religions, is that being good's not going to get you to heaven. Being a good person is not going to get you to heaven. Where all the other religions actually make those claims, be a good person, you're going to get to heaven. It's what you do. It's how you respond. That's going to get you to heaven. It's going to bring you to enlightenment. I mean, we, I've been watching this series on DSTV called Ben Fogel. And he goes into the wildest of places, and he spends a week with a Buddhist monk. And you know, there's over 250-odd rules that they have to follow. But this guy only followed the rules that he wanted to follow, that suited him. I mean, one of the rules is they're not allowed to dig with a spade. But he needs to feed himself, so he makes a garden, so there's an exception for him. So I just was like, seriously, what a twisted religion, that you've got to follow all these rules and regulations to be a good person. You know, as Christians, as believers, we know that our our goodness <laughs> is not going to get us into heaven. It's the blood of Jesus. It's going to get us into heaven. It's by believing in Jesus Christ, that he is the savior of the world, that he shed his blood, that the wrath of God was averted. You know, can you imagine? It's like this comet coming to strike the earth and destroy the earth, and suddenly God steps in the way. Jesus actually steps in the way of the wrath of the comet coming to destroy the earth. And he says, I'll take it. And we're saved. That's what Jesus does. That's what he does. That's what his blood does for us. So much power in the blood of Jesus. So much power in the blood of Jesus. And his blood covers us. His blood covers us. And his anger is averted. And so, Jesus, we thank you for your blood. And even as we're sitting here this morning, maybe there's somebody sitting here who doesn't believe that they've been purchased and their lives have been set free because of Jesus' blood. And maybe you still know that the anger of God is still coming down in you. Maybe you're not in relationship. You're not in relationship with Jesus. You haven't received the forgiveness of your sins. It's because you don't and you haven't had a revelation of the blood of Jesus. And this morning, I want to give you that opportunity to just believe. Just, just, it's a confession of your mouth that you choose to believe that, that Jesus forgave you. First, I mean, it starts with asking him to forgive you. I mean, don't expect it. I mean, I think we've got to ask him to forgive us. And that's, that's why he gives us choice. He says, do you choose? Do you want to be forgiven of your sin or don't you? And I choose. I said, Jesus, please, would you forgive me? Please, would you wash me clean with your blood? Please, would you avert your anger, your wrath? Jesus, thank you that you have averted the wrath of God in my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you have redeemed me, that you have brought me back into right. Thank you, Jesus, that you have paid the price, that you stood in my place, that you took my penalty, that you took it upon yourself. And that, Jesus, thank you that, that by you dying on the cross for my sin, that you are restoring me into relationship with God again. Thank you. You're reconciling me into relationship with God the Father. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. The wonder of the cross. The finished and complete work of the cross. And so if you haven't ever thought of it that way or made that kind of proclamation or declaration, man, please come and talk to me. Come and talk to me. Maybe you want to just say, yeah, that's me, and I'll come and talk to you afterwards. But my friends, we need, let this grip our hearts. And for the rest of us, man, I pray that your love for Jesus would abound. Your love for him would grow. And you know, the more we love him, the more we want to obey him. And the word says obedience is better than sacrifice. And that is the beautiful thing. As much as the sacrifices were in place, you know, Jesus actually in the, in the New Testament, he says, you know what? I, I, he actually doesn't really want the sacrifice. He, he doesn't want it so much, but he wants the heart. He doesn't want it. He wants your hearts. He wants your hearts. Sacrifices there, but he wants your hearts. Obedience. Walking in step with Him. You know, it's not about giving up stuff, but it's about just following Him. You know, when we follow Jesus and we follow His way, we automatically, I believe, automatically want to give up the stuff that shouldn't be there. Because when I want to live a life that's worthy and holy and pleasing to Him, I suddenly realize that there's things in my life that don't actually line up with you know a lifestyle a choice of life doesn't actually isn't really holy and pleasing so it's like a it's an obedience thing so Lord this morning just even as you've yeah you've just come and you've been with us and the worship was so sweet and just so beautiful and the words and the prophetic and the tongue that next brought and the interpretation we thank you just for the just the encouragement amongst brothers and sisters and spurring one another on and challenging one another. I mean, that, this is church. This is what you died for, Jesus. You didn't die for us to sit in pews, smart, snug, yes sir, no sir, three bags full sir. No, you died for us to be messy, to be just, just all over the place sometimes. You died for us, Lord. And we're so grateful. Trevor, have you got a, a song for us? <laughs> I just like, just almost want to respond, just like, like, just even like a song that sings about the blood. Maybe that, how precious, I don't know if you can pull it off without music, but, <laughs> but just, they just respond in a moment. Just even, just, you don't have to stand up, just where you're at. Just tell him how much you love him. And just how grateful you are for his blood that was shed for our sins. Thank you for the blood, Lord Jesus. Oh, we thank you for your blood.
precious Father, we just thank you for this morning. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your blood that you shed for us. Thank you, God, that you loved us so much. That you loved us so much that you sent your only son to die for us. And we thank you that, that our good works will not get us into heaven, but you saved us. You give us the gift of eternal life. It's a free gift that you give us. Nothing we do will ever gain access but the blood of Jesus. We can't come in but by the blood of Jesus. And so I pray, Father, that as we go out through this week and through the days ahead, Lord God, I pray that you would keep us, Jesus. You would keep us safe. Lord God, you would keep us in your hand. You would keep us 
under your wing, Jesus. And Lord, that we would just every day have a deeper revelation and a deeper understanding of you, Father God. You reveal yourself to us, Lord God, in incredible ways. And we thank you, Jesus. Lord, we bless you, we glorify you. We're so grateful to be alive, Jesus. Your precious, precious name. Amen. Amen.